It's time to navigate through life's kindness, common sense, and a little help from your friends. It's time for Talkin' Shit, the unsolicited podcast with host Jessica Lee Levin, author, speaker, entrepreneur, and purveyor of kindness. Hi, I'm Jessica Levin, and welcome to Talkin' Shit, the unsolicited podcast. Super excited to be talking with Trevinia Barber today from Priority VA. Uh, welcome, Trevinia. Girl, I'm so happy to be here. And what a fun name of a podcast. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's based on the book, uh, Everyone Has Shit. Um, and, you know, I think I probably came up with the name for the podcast in the shower. Where all the best ideas happen. <laughs> all the best ideas happen. So we actually met uh, through a mutual friend who introduced us because I was looking for some, maybe some VA help, but really turns out that we just started talking and was like, oh, I don't know why, but I need this person in my life for some reason or another. The feeling is so mutual. I think that happens a lot when we meet people. It's like, okay, I know that they're supposed to be in my life, but maybe it's not in a service capacity. Maybe we're just supposed to be friends. And I love that about you. I am happy that you created this podcast, uh, that it could be, I think, an extension of all the all the shit you didn't get to talk about in the book, right? And, and just happy to be here and happy to see how I can contribute to your audience and, and help you continue to kind of talk about things that I think are a little bit under the radar that people are never really want to say out loud. Yeah, nobody ever really wants to talk about their shit. Well, I mean, some people do, right? And they just complain all day. Yeah. So you've got those people who just, you know, air all their dirty laundry. And then you've got people who struggle, but put on a happy face every day. And, you know, it's hard to really know what reality is. And I think you're one of those people who does a really good job of putting on the happy face, but also saying, hey, you know what? Life is not perfect. Yeah, I, I kind of have this like mantra of like, I am so broken, right? I'm really broken in so many ways, whether it's looking at sometimes my personal life, my professional life. Um, I mean, just being a mom, being a business owner, being a wife, whatever. But I think that the thing that a lot of us are really trying to do is figure out how do we balance that perception between like we want people to like enjoy us and like us and not feel like we're just complainers all the time but being realistic too about this is not all rainbows and sunshine and unicorns, right? That building a business, raising a family, dealing with adoption. I mean, so many of the stories that are my life are fucking hard. So I think we have to be able to admit that too. Yeah. And it's interesting, right? When you think about your story and your struggle, whatever it is, any given person, and then somebody always has it worse and somebody is always in a better situation, no matter who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I, we all have our stuff and uh, it could always be worse, but it can always continue to get better. And I think that's just a great outlook for all of us to have. And your podcast is going to highlight that. I love it. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, and that's, you know, that's the whole point. And, um, you know, I, I've said that, you know, in writing the book, there were just so many stories that weren't told and so many people have stories to share. And I'm really hoping that I'm able to just bring these stories to people and, introduce them to really interesting people like yourself. So let's talk a little bit about you. So you have a business, but you also sort of have this brand. So why don't you talk about both of those? 
Yeah. So, you know, my business is Priority VA. It's a virtual staffing company where we help entrepreneurs really kind of get out of the weeds and do the things that they were created to do by matching them with some administrative or marketing support that can do the things that they really aren't good at or don't have time to do or don't want to do. Uh, so that's kind of one side. Priority VA has been going around for about five and a half years now. But what's happening is that as I'm engaging with people and communicating with them, I'm finding that I'm also stepping into this coach slash consultant role, really helping people figure out how to get out of their own way, but while also helping make sure that instead of chasing just status or significance or, you know, more dollars, right, that they're also figuring out how to chase what's really important to them. Uh, it all culminated as a result of something I had to do for myself and decide that for me, what was most important was to chase instead of status, to chase slow, really. And I wanted to set, sort of slow down my life. And instead of kind of going balls to the wall, 14 hour days all the time, I wanted to be with my kids and I wanted to play and I wanted to experience more of life. And, uh, and so that's kind of what the brand is about and it's ever evolving, I think as it should. And uh, we'll see kind of where it goes from here, but that's where it stands right now. So you made a big life change in order to do some of this. Yeah, and, you know, some of the changes were super small and some are, were very big. So, you know, I changed my diet instead of, you know, eating McDonald's fast food all the time uh, or Taco Bell, which still I love Taco Bell. But, uh, you know, I started eating healthier or big things like I moved my entire family from Denver, Colorado to outside of Savannah, Georgia, um, you know, and disrupted everything in our lives to chase something a little bit different and more meaningful to us. And that was... I mean, that's significant, but that the outcome of that was tremendous, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're about a year and about 13 months into this. And so, you know, it's still part of my kid. What it's allowed us to do is create a lifestyle that is more conducive, I think, to what our dreams and our goals are. Um, I have chickens now. I have ducks. Like, it's the weirdest thing ever. I, I came from, like, living in the city and, you know, just being kind of, in a suburb of, um, you know, houses that are like just cookie cutter homes to living on 13 acres and, and catching snakes, like literally in my yard. So it's totally crazy. And it's been an adventure for me and our children and, and my husband and our marriage. So many, so much has changed as a result of that one kind of decision to uproot things and go a different direction. What was the breaking point for you or the decision that made you say, all right, we're just moving to the, across the country? I had so many. Uh, it was like, you know, this is reason 742 why we're going to move. But really the culmination for me came uh, last May. Uh, I was at an event in Carmel, California with a bunch of other entrepreneurs. And many of them would say, so what's next for you? And I said, well, eventually I kind of want to move over kind of to the East Coast and maybe just be by the beach so I can go scuba diving more or whatever. And after about the eighth time of someone asking me, so what's stopping you? I had to realize that I was literally just scared. Um, and so when I came home from that event, I talked to my husband and I'm like, I think we kind of need to kind of bring up this moving idea again. Uh, we ended up putting our house on the market in June. It sold in three days and we were like, oh, okay, wow, I guess we're going to do this. And so we came out here and, and found a house and, you know, we were moved out here by July 13th. I mean, it was really fast, but the, the straw for me was realizing fear was stopping me. And that's a stupid reason not to do something. Oh, but it is the reason that 
so many people don't do so many things because of fear. It's interesting. Um, you know, we started our landscaping business a few months back and somebody had said this to me was, you know, well, what would you do if fear didn't stop you? And that was, that was a big driver. And it was the second time in, in my life that I jumped off a entrepreneurial cliff and, um, it really, really resonated with me. The fact that fear just keeps us from doing so many things that are actually good for us. Now, I know fear is like, it's a natural, it's built into us to protect us, Yeah, but it also hurts us in, in so many ways. Yeah. I think it's a heavy, ba- I mean, it's a, it's a good balance, right? Of of we, we need to be fearful when, you know, someone has a gun in our face, right? I mean, we, there are legitimate reasons for that to happen, but when I think fear freezes us and we cannot take action because we are so afraid of whatever that potential outcome could be. Uh, I mean, whether I remember being so afraid, I was very overweight last year and I remember being so afraid of even walking around my new neighborhood because I didn't want people to see me as the fat lady. Um, and I was like, wait, like, that's so dumb. Like, how are you going to lose weight if you don't move your butt? Right. And, and so I had to push through that and make the decision that someone else's perception of me, um, mattered less to me than, you know, my perception of me. And so I, you know, we can, we can always push through those things. It's just admitting that we're even there in the first place, I think can sometimes be the first step. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's something, there, there's a few things, you know, one, everybody struggles with what other people think. I, I think there are very few people who are not concerned about what somebody else thinks in some aspect of their lives. Maybe it's not business, maybe it's personal, maybe it's their mother-in-law, maybe it's a sibling, maybe it is their boss or a client or whatever it is. And in some cases, it's legitimate, right? You have to care what your boss thinks about your performance, but you don't necessarily have to care what your neighbor thinks about how fat you are, especially if you are trying to lose weight, right? We hear this all the time. People don't want to go to the gym because they're embarrassed. No, you go to the gym to lose weight. And those people who are mocking you, like there's something wrong with them, right? There's something (laughs) mean about them. Yeah. And that's, and that's their baggage, right? And we've got to be okay with that to, to continue moving on in our lane. Uh, And, and typically I'm the type of person who's like, you know, when people say just stay in your lane or put blinders on, I'm like, "Uh, I can't. Right. And that image comes to mind mind, uh, of during the Olympics when there was that one swimmer who was like, so obsessed with beating Michael Phelps, right? And then you see him during the race and instead of him working on his own race, he's like, you know, staring at Michael Phelps and he lost. Um, and so it just, that, that image always pops into my mind and be like, Trevenia, just focus on you. And it's hard because we do want to look back and we want to see what others are doing or we want to survey the landscape and see those that are farther ahead of us and compare our, you know, our right now to their right now, but they've been working on it for five years, right? So yeah, it's so, it's so funny. I think just the human condition is we're all broken. Like we just got to admit it. We're going to admit it. We're just messed up. Well, either we're broken or we're just human. And I think right. that's what we forget is that, uh, you know, and th- this is a theme that we, we compare ourselves, especially today to an Instagram photo that is a very, very tiny snapshot of reality. 
yeah. is oftentimes not any way indicative of what reality actually is. Yeah, one of, one of the coolest things I've seen is my, and I'm sure other people do this too, but my husband's cousin does these Facebook posts call and she calls them like True Life Tuesdays or something. And it's like, you know, the dirty diapers everywhere. Like it's the, you know, the Cheerios all mushed into the car. It is the real life of what it's like instead of like the perfectly posed pictures and stuff of her beautiful toddler dancing, you know? So it, I think it's funny and we need, we just need to be okay at kind of pulling back the curtain into who we really are. And again, I, I just think that having a show like this is going to help that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the internet itself, um, like being able to share information like this, it's such a, it's such a blessing, right. To be able to talk about it and have other people realize that they're not alone. But then again, the internet has created this problem. Yeah. One, because, you know, we can share experiences that are not real and just the ability to position things exactly the way we want them to be. And, you know, I'm a marketer, right? So, you know, spin is, is a thing. And, um, you know, I, I, I believe in it to, to a certain extent, but I also, you know, believe in authenticity and, and that's, you know, even in like the early days of social media, that's where people really earned their respect and earned trust was by being authentic. And we've sort of gone into this world where, you know, it's, it's just a little bit of a facade and, and, and it's really messed people up, not necessarily the people who are doing it, but the people who see it and they believe that their lives are not anywhere near as exciting or interesting or they're, they're not as successful. And the truth is, is that I know most people are not nearly as successful as they pretend to be on the internet. Yeah. You know, and you made, you made a statement that, you know, it may not be messing up the people that uh, are kind of putting on the facade, but it is right. I mean, I, I read a story a few weeks ago about like an Instagram or YouTuber or something like that, where, you know, the lady got bit by a shark trying to get like the perfect shot. Right. And it's like, when we're putting our lives in danger to make sure that we have the next coolest thing to impress our followers that we don't even know, uh, no, it is affecting us negatively. And we do need to be cautious of that. And and of the fact that our minds are getting a little bit jacked by, by what we're seeing and, and that sort of perception that we're forced to put out, you know, or we feel like we're forced to put out, we have to up our game. And, you know, we won't get on Facebook Live unless our makeup's totally on and ready to go. And I've got my ring light on at the right angle, you know, it's now, you know, then people meet me in person, they're like, oh, she's super wrinkly. Like, what's up with that? She did not look like that on video, right? So we just have to be a, be careful of the image that we're portraying. Because uh, I mean, I, I, I don't want it to be such a contrast to when people meet me, right? Because that's ultimately the goal is that I would at some point meet these people in real life. And I don't want them to be like, she's way different than everything that I saw on her Instagram feed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, that that's such an important point and maybe lost on some people uh, that that's, that's the reality is you actually do meet people in person. And if you're not the way you appear online, people are going to know it's you can't hide that yep. um, and that's why people who are authentic online and in real life if they're the same they are actually successful 
in the real world versus on the, in the virtual world. Yep. It's interesting. You know, you talk about like not wearing makeup and I've gone through this transition myself and I know there's probably some men listening who don't necessarily get this, but um, I have stopped wearing significantly less makeup mm. than I ever did. And the interesting thing is the way I look at myself it took a long time to get used to just in the mirror. Like I would never, ever leave the house without makeup on ever mm. since I was like in the seventh grade. And now, you know, I do it all the time and I see myself differently. And it took a long time to make that adjustment because you just get so used to seeing it. And then you're like, no, but this is who I am. Like, I can't hide that. And, um, so whether, and you know, obviously that was in the days well before the internet, but as humans, we're doing things to hide who we are, whether it's wearing makeup, whether it's through Instagram, whatever it is, for some of us, it, it just becomes natural for whatever reason, confidence or, um, confidence and or insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. I mean, now I, it's so funny. Now I'm like, I don't even care anymore. Yesterday I was doing stories, you know, it, lucky I had a bra on. I was walking my kids <laughs> at the bus stop. Like, no, nah, I don't care. <laughs> so how did you get to that point though, where you stopped caring? Yeah, I think it, I think it was a lot of things. And I think it was a culmination of, of me really just deciding, um, who I, who I was, right? And, and like, was I, was I being someone that society wanted me to be or that my followers wanted me to be? Or was I really like showing up as who I am? And if someone stopped by my house randomly, who would they get? And that's kind of who I want people to get is like who, whoever I am when it's, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, I want that to be the same as who they get it you know, 7 p.m. Like, I just want there to be this consistency with, with who I am. And sure, sometimes I'm super dolled up, right? Like, I, I, I'm wearing a t-shirt right now, but like, when I'm doing work videos, I put on like a nice shirt, but then I have yoga pants on. You know what I mean? Like, but that is totally who I am. My sister came and spent the summer out here with us. And she saw me walk over to our work office one day. And she said, okay, I totally used to think like, why is Trivene getting so dressed up every day? That's so weird. She works at home. And I was like, now you know, right? It's just fancy shirt and sweatpants. But, um, and so, but that's true. But I let people in on that. Like, I don't hide it, right? I'll do a video and like show my sweatpants. And I think that that all comes from the fact that I'm more confident in my own skin and who I am. And I think that I have realized that the value that I bring to my audience is well beyond what I'm wearing or what that I figured out how to contour my cheek because I have no clue how to contour my cheek right like so that's just it doesn't matter to me and it's it's what I'm sharing and telling you helping you get where you want to go in life and if so then I don't think it really matters what I wear or how you know done up my hair is do you think that the shift for you has actually increased how people respond to you and increased your business yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I can like tie numbers to it at this point yet, um, but, and it almost doesn't matter, honestly, because uh, what has shifted for me, Jessica, is how I feel. Like, I don't feel the need to perform. Um, and 
And so that's what shifted. And so financially, like, I kind of don't care if we take a hit. Um, I don't care if it increased my followership or anything, because I do feel that the relationships that I do have, my friendship with you is like, that means so much more to me than if you sign up as a client with us because you like my style. Like, no, it just matters to me that the relationships I do have are valuable and are contributing to my life instead of taking from it. So. Yeah. I don't care. That sounds so bitchy, but I really just don't care. No. Oh my God. It doesn't sound bitchy at all. It sounds, I mean, I I wish more people were like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's liberating. I think to, to get to that, that point in your space where you're like, you know, this is kind of who I am and I'm cool. I'm cool with who I am. Well, I think that being cool with who you are is, is a great thing. And of course I think you're very cool. Hey, thanks. <laughs> um, so how does this translate into, so you, I mean, your service, like your main service is helping people hire VAs, but you do more than that. Um, how does this translate into what you do officially and then unofficially? So it's kind of funny because uh, just a couple of months ago, I was on a call with a lady who was looking to hire us for some virtual assistant services. Like she needed support in her business. And, and my assistant had had a little bit of an interaction with her that my assistant didn't feel very comfortable. She's like, I don't know. Like, I think we're not, this is not a fit culturally. Right. I said, well, let me talk to her. Um, and so I get on a video call with her and, and this gal was, you could tell that she was very insecure about her business and about just kind of her life and what was going on. And she kept talking over me every time I would say, Oh, okay. So that's what this means. Or this is what I see. And she just would talk over me. And I said, look, 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 like, here's the deal. I don't think we're a fit to work with each other because if you're not going to listen to my feedback, I can't help you build an amazing team. So I need to work with people that are willing to say like, I might not be doing this right. And she got upset with me, but she started crying. Um, which then I was like, Oh crap. I just made somebody cry like on a console. That's not good. Um, but I kind of pushed in at that moment and I leaned into that and I was like, no, what's that about? Like, why are you crying? And she started weeping and saying, I just want to be with my daughter. Like, I don't want to be doing all of this stuff and, you know, being so overwhelmed and my business grew fast and I can't keep up and I shouldn't be sending my kid to camp this week. And I had to, and so she tells the story of leaving her daughter at camp and, you know, and I was like, ding, 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 right? Like we got to the point of everything and everything is right when the reality is is you're just tired and you want to spend time with your kid right and so I think that this whole kind of don't give a shit mentality that I I kind of stumbled into is helped me get to that point with my clients too we ended up signing a a one-year deal to work with each other and I'm going to be her coach and stuff like that and I think that a lot of it is because I stood up to her And I peeled back the layers of the onion to be like, no, who are you? Like, who are you really? Because you're trying to show me you're a badass right now, but who are you really? Um, And I think that that was amazing. So that's how it's helped, I think, tremendously for me to break through to my clients too and to get to like who they really are and where they want to be so we can figure out a plan to get there. So are you doing coaching and the VA stuff now? So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so for sure. So as as founder of Power VA, I feel like I'll always have because I'm not I don't have an exit strategy. Um, so I'll, I'll always be a part of Power VA. 
and a lot of that will be just me being kind of the face of the business, right? And I'll do continue to do speaking and events and things like that with regard to teaching people how to outsource and delegate and all that jazz. Um, and then when it comes to the brand of Trevenia, I think what that's ultimately going to be is me coming alongside people, and it could be in more of a coaching capacity, but using what I've learned as I've grown my business, raised my family, and you know, moved across the country and all that stuff to help people kind of figure out where they want to go in life and then put a plan in place to get there. Because I think that's what typically stops most people is it's the exact same reason that I think I was halted in reaching so many of my own dreams is I would tell people and tell coaches that I hired, just tell me what to do. Like, I'll do it. I will take action because I'm an action taker. But sometimes I think we get so foggy, we don't even know what that next right step is. And having someone come alongside you and, and sort of you know, fan, fan away all the smoke and haze, then you can, you see what the next step is and you, you just know, and you just need kind of a cheerleader to help get you there and, or a swift kick in the pants. And that's where I come in typically. So, yeah, we, we all need that. We all, we, I, I definitely need a kick in the pants. <laughs> I do too. Um, so you think this is a good transition for you in terms of going from, yeah, yeah, I, I think that what it's going to do is it's, it's going to allow me to to use such a varied life experience that I have and uh, and all these like different ingredients that I've had to pull from, right, to create just this really fascinating recipe of whatever's next. And I don't know what I'm going to end up with. You know, it could be that I I enter this coaching space and figure out that people bug me and I don't want to do that. I don't know. Or it could be that I find a lot of joy. But what I have realized for sure is that I am energized by seeing that light bulb go off for people. That gives me tremendous amount of energy and satisfaction in saying like, I could say one little thing that is super obvious to me that they're like, what? Like, holy cow. And that's their light bulb moment. Um, and that's fascinating. That, and I think we all have that you guys. And so I think the thing for your listeners to take away is like, that could be like a magic one might see in you have to, you will exact right thing to somebody at the right time. If you would just get out of your own way and open your mouth, right? Like just say what, say whatever you're thinking or in, interject yourself where you maybe don't think that you should, uh, and, and see how, whose life you might change as a result. Well, and I think anybody can do that, right? Not, you don't have to be a coach. People sometimes are afraid to speak up and sometimes people just need someone to say something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think a lot of times I've worked for people like this before and, you know, in corporate and stuff like that, where people will just surround themselves with yes, sirs, yes, ma'ams, right? All those people that will just be like, Ooh, that's a great idea. And I have always been pegged as sort of a, a glass half empty person, rightfully so. Uh, I'm kind of, I come at life a little bit more negatively. Um, but that has saved so many of my clients, my friends, my family um, from maybe making really terrible decisions. Cause I'm the type of a person that says, okay, like that's a great idea and everything, but what if? Like, what if we look at it from this angle? And I think that that can help people start to look at things through a different lens instead of always being like, I don't know, always happy or only satisfied when someone agrees with you, right? So yeah, say whatever you want and like, go for it. I want that feedback in my life. And I think we all should want that in ours. It's funny you say that. I've, I've worked with a few people, clients who 
some love it, but I've worked with a few who really just feel like you're not a team player mm-hmm. unless you're just like, yes, that's the greatest idea ever. And I've watched some, I've watched that interaction happen. And sometimes I'm like, oh no, like it's it's really not, but okay. Like if that's what you want, like, and then, you know, I realize I'm not really a good fit for it. Yeah. I, but I, you know, you're saying you're like a glass half empty person, but yeah. I don't think that's it. Right. I think you can be a contrarian without being a glass half empty. For person. sure. For sure. I think it's just something that people tend to relate with, right? Like they'll see that and like, oh yeah, like, okay, yeah, I can see why my my, my outlook on stuff is is varied from from what people are typically used to. And I've absolutely been on teams before where I'm like, I'm not a fit for this. These people are too happy. Everything in China, like, dude, the storm is coming. And then they, they think that I'm, you know, uh, manifesting negativity or whatever. And I'm like, nah, it's coming either way, dude. I just like, look outside. I saw, you know, I, I saw it through the window. It's coming. So more of a realist. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's interesting because, you know, one of the themes here is positivity. And it's like, you're talking about all these things and you're, you're talking about them from a negative perspective, but it's, it's not. It's, I think there's a difference between negativity and, and realism and maybe we get caught up in this and we get caught up in this. We have to be positive, happy people all the time. And that's sometimes where failure comes in because we're not facing the reality, the shit that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a great way to look at it. I might totally steal that. <laughs> you are more than welcome to. Um, so what's next for you? Um, you're moving into this coaching thing. Do you have anything exciting happening? Yeah. I, I mean, really, I, I'm taking it a little bit, uh, a little bit in the deep end moving here to Savannah. I have not been able to meet a ton of entrepreneurs here. So that's kind of what's up next for me is that I really want to build a strong entrepreneurial network here. Selfishly, like I want friends, you know, I mean, I'm a social person and I want friends, but also I want to be able to contribute to the community that I live in. And so um, I'm now the um, regional chairperson for a company called COO Alliance, which is a network of community for COOs, for second in commands, which is so cool. And I'll help bring COOs in the community together here to have a place where they can get support, kind of, you know, rely on a network of other COOs, learn from the best and the best. Cameron Harold is absolutely amazing. And so uh, that's kind of what's next for me as far as like locally here in Savannah. And so if you're a COO, but, uh, uh, yeah, so that's going to be a new fun step for me to kind of get involved in the community down here in Savannah because it's it's kind of hard to meet people. Otherwise, I'm not like hanging out at bars, you know, the mom of four over here. So, Well, it's interesting. You know, we, we moved recently and I've connected to our local community just through the Facebook group yep. um, in our town. Although I have to tell you, it's it's very interesting, the drama that happens and and I think that's a whole episode in itself oh, of, of, of the drama that happens in, in these town groups and the personalities and how you deal with it. But, um, but also a great way to, to meet some people and, sure. and make some new friends um, in real life, because they are actually in, in your, in your community. <laughs> for sure. Thanks for that tip. <laughs> um, so 
uh, questions. If people do want to find out more about you, either coaching or your VA business, the best way to find you? Yeah, you can find me on all social channels uh, at Trevenia. I kind of lucked out there and having a unique name. And you can go to Trevenia.com or PriorityVA.com for the VA stuff. And I would love to connect and see how we can support you or just get to know you because, hello, I love having friends. <laughs> well, I happen to enjoy Savannah, so I'm going to have to come down there one day. And Do it. I know so they have fun. good cocktails in Savannah. They have good cocktails. They have the best... Now, I came from Colorado, so forgive me, but they have the best fried chicken, like, ever. I have never tasted fried food so good as I have here in the South, which is not good for your waistline, but amazing to, to have every once in a while. Noted. <laughs> um, so, question that everybody gets asked, um, what is your one piece of unsolicited advice that you would share with people in any topic in the entire world, your one piece of advice? Uh, so I would say my one piece of advice, uh, besides flossing, is don't do it alone. It actually used to be the tagline of our company because I feel like so many people are creating businesses and they're playing martyr, right? They, they feel like they have to do everything good on backing and businesses, you know? Join a church group, join a mommy group if you're a parent. Like, if you're a single father, like, go meet other dads doing the thing and do it alone because life is done so much better when we do it together. I love that. Don't Thanks. do it alone. Um, and that's something that some of us who are very proud often forget. Yes. Um, right. It takes a village. It does. It does. And we can, our independence can isolate us um, from the things that we need the most. And I think we have to be cognizant of that and be ready to reach out and kind of wave that little white flag of, you know, I, I need some people in my life. We do. We need people and, and we need other humans. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Obviously you've got great information. Always so much fun to talk to you. Thank you. Anytime. Well, Hey, congratulations on the launching this podcast. I just wish all your listeners much success. Thank you. Um, this has been Talking Shit, the unsolicited podcast. Thanks for listening to Talking Shit, the unsolicited podcast. Remember, everyone has shit. Be a good human. <laughs>